I'm not sure what brought you to this moment, but I'm so glad to have the privilege of sharing it with you. Well, if you haven't noticed yet, humanity's pretty messed up. You don't have to live very long on this planet to know that we're pretty broken. You've likely experienced the evidence of this by the wounds of hurt, pain, and broken relationships you carry. Yet, if you're honest with yourself, you've probably discovered the truth that you've made wrong choices and are pretty broken yourself. You may have noticed that you inherited certain tendencies passed down to you through your family and have also developed some selfish, self-destructive patterns yourself. And all you know is that deep down in your heart, something is very wrong. You lack a sense of abiding peace and joy in your soul because guilt and shame have choked it out. And maybe you think that if there is a God, you must be in very big trouble with him. If this describes you in any way, I first want you to know that you're not alone. I've been there too. The truth is, this is all of us. We've all been affected. We've all been infected by this virus-like reality called sin. But this isn't the end of the story. This isn't the end of your story. As a matter of fact, I have a big announcement to share with you, and it's really, really good news. And this good news comes to you by way of the story of a king and his universal reign of love. So enter this story with me for a moment in order to discover the really good news for your story. Our story begins with God, whose name is Yahweh. He is the very embodiment of love in the most astonishingly beautiful way imaginable, which is revealed to us from eternity past in his existence as a close relationship of three divine, co-equal, and co-eternal persons. It was out of this uncontainable ebb and flow of eternal love that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. As creator, he was also king over everything he created, and therefore his universal reign was a reflection of his character of other-centered, faithful, giving, and self-sacrificing love. Everything and every created being in the universe pulsated at the steady rhythm of God's love. That is, until one of God's closest and most loyal angels called Lucifer broke this steady rhythm of universal love by originating selfishness in himself and slandering God's character. Therefore, when Lucifer turned himself into Satan and rebelled against God's character and reign of love, he and one-third of the angels were eventually kicked out of heaven. So Satan brought his sin, selfishness, and destruction campaign to earth. Now the two inhabitants of earth were called Adam and Eve, and they were made in the very image of God's love. And like the rest of the universe, they were happily living under God's reign of love. And because God's reign is based on his love, 
He shared and delegated his leadership and authority, the authority of his reign on earth with humanity. Therefore, the Bible says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then tragically, after humanity sinned by the temptation of Satan, we in essence joined Satan's rebellion campaign against God's reign of love and therefore gave rulership or dominion of earth to Satan. This is why, as this story unfolds in the scriptures, he is called the God of this world. He claimed this title through deception and the usurping of God's authority on earth. That is why ever since, wherever sin, selfishness, broken relationships, racism, injustice, suffering, evil, tragedy, and sickness show up, what you've actually been witnessing is the reign of Satan. But there's good news. This wasn't the end of the story. When we sinned, God made us a promise to restore us back to himself and life within his reign of love, thus saving us from Satan's reign of sin, selfishness, and darkness. In Genesis 3.15, he promised to send someone called the seed of the woman through humanity who would crush Satan and his kingdom on our behalf. Yet in the process, this promised one would be wounded. This sets up the rest of the unfolding story of God's people in the Old Testament, whose descendants would usher in the promised one, which reached its fulfillment in the New Testament. Therefore, when he showed up, the announcement went forth to repent or turn from the reign of sin and believe the good news for the kingdom of God had arrived through his son, Jesus. This meant that as our Savior King, Jesus came to reclaim his kingdom from the devil and reestablish it on the earth. He came as the new or second Adam. Or put another way, he came as the new humanity. This means he is the new corporate representative of all humanity. He came to relive our story and make right everything we made wrong on earth by falling into the selfishness of Satan's kingdom. And why did God do this? He explains why in a conversation he had with Nicodemus in John chapter 3 when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, John 3.16. Simply put, God is love, and he loves you. So he sent Jesus into the world to give you the free gift of everlasting life within his reign of love. Therefore, the life and ministry of Jesus was lived to demonstrate what life in his kingdom looks like. And the teachings of Jesus, which he embodied, were given to us to explain how we should live the kingdom life now. The problem is, 
you and I are incapable of entering into and living out life in God's reign of love in and of ourselves. We've been unfaithful to God, tainted by sin, and are unable to free ourselves from Satan's reign of sin and selfishness. As a matter of fact, you and I are deserving of God's just judgment and condemnation. We are utterly incapable of making ourselves right with God. But remember, I said I have good news for you. And it's really good news. The good news is God chose to take the initiative of making us right with himself through Jesus. Because of his great love for you, he wanted you back within his reign of love. So he chose to make full provision for your salvation through Jesus, even before you ever desired him and turned from your sin. This is why the Bible, this is why in the Bible, Paul says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. This is actually what moves us to turn from our sin. For speaking of God's goodness and forgiving us in Christ, Paul says in Romans 2.4, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. This is because what Jesus did on the cross provided the forgiveness you need from your past, present, and future sins. What Jesus did on the cross gives you free entrance into new life within God's reign of love, both now and for eternity. But it did more than that. What Jesus did on the cross justified you, which means you've been declared right with God because the righteous life of Jesus has been credited to you as if you lived his righteous life. And he did this for you without any merit or contribution on your part. This reality accomplished by Jesus on the cross for us is an objective, historical fact. Paul said it this way in Romans, that we were justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, Romans 3.24. And just so we are clear that this is not something we can or could ever earn based on our own efforts or good works, Paul declared it even more in Galatians when he said, a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Galatians 2.16. So since you are the recipient of this free gift of abundant grace, of which you did nothing to accomplish or earn it, then what is the response God is looking for from you? Well, God wants his intense love for you revealed in Jesus and him crucified for your salvation to arouse faith in your heart. And by faith, the scriptures mean an abiding trust in your heart that rests 
in the confident assurance that Jesus secured your salvation, your eternal salvation, at the cross. Therefore, your faith or faithfulness is the grateful response to the faithfulness of Jesus. And as long as you continue to believe this good news about Jesus, you are saved, meaning you have the present continuous assurance of eternal salvation because of what Jesus did in the past on the cross. Paul says it this way in, Gal in Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Ephesians 2, 8-9. This also means that before God you are not condemned. Thus Paul says in Romans 8, 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1. What I love about this text is that every time you come back to it, it always, it will always say now. And since in Christ you are not condemned, you are free to live the kingdom life of love empowered by the Holy Spirit. You were meant to live. This is why Paul continues to say, after telling us that we've been saved by grace, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we may walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. You see, you were not saved by good works, but for good works. This means that Jesus saved you for something, for a specific purpose he's called you to fulfill. And this will lead you to do some things. Yet always remember that these things the Holy Spirit will empower you to do is not what saved you. They are simply yet profoundly the grateful response of love flowing from the heart of someone who trusts that they've already been saved by Jesus. Thus, your faithfulness to Christ, obedience to his commands, are the fruit of faith that reveals his love in and through you to others because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, Romans 5, 5. Here in summary is the message of Jesus based on his life, death, burial, and resurrection for our salvation. God's reign of love has come near to you through Jesus. My question is, are you willing to believe the good news about Jesus? I encourage you, believe the gospel. Believe the good news. Trust in Jesus. Respond to him now in faith.